0: A lot of primary care providers are not happy with the status quo. We don't like the fact that we have to wait till somebody's sick in order to really impart our clinical judgment.
1: Welcome to Startup Health Now, the podcast where we celebrate the entrepreneurs and innovators who are transforming health. I'm your host, Logan Plaster. For the next few weeks, as we gear up for the launch of the next season of this podcast, which will drop after Labor Day, we'll be bringing you replays of our favorite episodes from the past. This week, we're bringing back our most downloaded episode from the last year. Interestingly, it wasn't with a guest from a top VC firm or a Fortune 100 company. It was a conversation with Dr. Robert Wilson, a family physician who runs a multi-site medical practice in Tennessee. Dr. Wilson popped up on our radar because he was an early partner for Scripts a startup that's a part of the Startup Health portfolio. Preventscripts, led by Brandy Harless and Dr. Natalie Davis, has created a platform that helps family docs like Dr. Wilson identify patients who would benefit from chronic care management. Perhaps the appeal of this conversation and why it received double the downloads of our typical episode was that it offers a bridge from innovation to commercialization. Ideas are great, but they're not worth much in healthcare without real-world, boots on the ground, roll up your sleeves implementation. And that's exactly where Dr. Wilson lives every day. Dr. Wilson shares why he was interested in partnering with a healthcare startup even in the early stages and offers some advice for other founders looking for clinical partners. Let's get to it. Dr. Wilson, thank you so much for taking time with me uh, at Startup Health. And I want to just start by understanding your, your medical practice, Covenant Care. Tell me about the, the providers that are on your team and your typical patient population?
0: Sure. Yeah. Covenant Care is a, um, a multi-location single specialty group composed of uh, family medicine providers. We have four physicians and um, eight um, advanced practice providers spread across four locations in three counties. So two of which are pretty rural and one and two of our uh, offices are also located in Clarksville, Tennessee, which is, you know, fairly large in uh, Tennessee standards. Got it. Um, are,
1: are all your clinics in Tennessee? Correct. Yeah. Right now, they're all still uh, in Tennessee. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of talk, a lot of chatter about the state of primary care, especially in in our our world of health innovation and the challenges and the barriers to care that exists for preventative health. And I just wanted to hear from you what you feel like the current state of primary care is in the United States, looking at your slice of it?
0: Yeah, I I think the best way to probably um, uh, say is probably transition. You know, transition is things that there's transition in, you know, are patients seen primarily by a physician or are they seen by advanced practice uh, providers? There's transition from your traditional fee-for-service model to quality-based model, value-based care models. So there's quite a few transitions that are happening within the primary care sphere at this point. And it's it's kind of a little bit of a challenge to kind of navigate it all and try to figure out which bucket um, you should be kind of focusing on in terms of our limited set of resources. So uh, transition would be the best analogy I can give for primary care
1: what is pushing those transitions what are the drivers and the incentives behind the various work you've mentioned
0: well uh obviously payers um they 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 kind of drive what pay the, for yeah yeah what they'll pay for uh Medicare is um a big driver they have implemented several primary care uh focused initiatives over the last several years covenant care was pr- part of a um uh one of those early adopters to what's called the comprehensive primary care initiative that was uh, ended in 2021 and we have since um, kind of the follow-up program is called the primary care first initiative and we're also enrolled in that currently so I'd say Medicare is a big driver towards the uh, preventative services and the value-based care and then we're starting to see that trickle down at least in our area I know some parts of the country have a much higher uh, managed care population but we're starting to see that through the Medicare Advantage programs, as well as some of the um, Medicaid programs that have quality-based programs tied to those uh, to their reimbursement model as well. Got it. How long have you been in practice? Um, I graduated medical school in 2000 and uh, did my residency in 2003 and moved to Tennessee and have been here since. So it's okay. 19
1: years out of residency. Yeah. Have you seen any dramatic shifts in your patient population? The kind of challenges that they face.
0: Um, primary care is an interesting thing because we see all ages. Um, as family medicine, we see. I just had a you know two week old newborn checkup the other day, all the way up to one of my older patients is like hundred and two years old, and so we see you know quite a a large range of patients. I think the biggest. Issue is is the transition to the value based model and the um, instead of the traditional fee for service model.
1: probably your biggest change we're seeing within the population itself. Got it. So we're having this conversation today because uh, Covenant Care has partnered with Prevent Scripts, which is a company that Startup Health uh, has partnered with for for many years, uh, in order to improve the outcomes of folks with uh, chronic illnesses. Uh, so I'm hoping you could. Describe the relationship that you have with Prevent Scripts.
0: Sure, <clears throat> I was approached probably a little over a year ago. Uh, a friend of a friend—that's how most of these uh, things are. Uh, uh, kind of, uh, uh, kind of the connections are are happen. And I've always had a desire to be more preventative when it comes to, or proactive is the word I sometimes will use when it comes to uh, uh, my patient he- uh, health health uh, statuses. The problem is, medicine has historically been reactive, and we kind of wait till people get sick and then we kind of treat the illness and try to keep them from having, you know, um, secondary uh, complications from their illness. So, Prevent Scripts is kind of an interesting idea in the sense that they are trying to target people who are at risk for disease, but yet not have the disease and are also highly motivated. And so, there's a lot of people you can find that are obviously at risk for disease, and there's, they're just not motivated to make uh, the necessary change, theory. but um, Preventscripts has modeled this questionnaire and um, preventative um, questionnaires that we can administer via uh, our check-in module, which we use Freesia for our check-in system in our EMR, and they, they, they will give us a categorization of their risk for diabetes. Their risk for heart disease, and also what's most fascinating to me is their um, desire for change. So, are these patients motivated? So, mm-hmm. and so, what we're trying to do is capture those patients who are highly motivated, yet not have disease, but are at risk for disease. So, those are going to be like family history, um, uh, obesity, um, you know, mildly elevated blood pressures. There's some other things that can that put them at elevated risk, but. The idea of being able to capture those people before they become sick is, you know, that's kind of like the holy grail of medicine, right? How do we keep people healthy? How do we keep people from becoming ill and, um, and that's going to translate in the long run to reduced healthcare spend insurance uh, and things like that as
1: well. And explain to me how that compares, what you just described with prevent scripts and their questionnaire model, how that compares to the current standard of care. I'm sure the physician doesn't have a lot of time with each patient to try to suss out their future risk of a disease, their interest in tackling that uh, that condition. So, how do the two compare?
0: Well, they're they're kind of night and day because you're right. I mean, we're we're always uh, strung within the time limits of the visit to um, identify, you know, medication refills, you know, any current you know complaints from the patient. This is a way to kind of gather this data and it's patient driven data. So it's not something that I actively have to go get. So it, it, it empowers the patient to enter the information and allows me to then use that patient generated data in a more meaningful manner. Um, anything that disrupts the normal workflow is gonna be a bit of a challenge. So having something that can be administered uh, in in concert with the normal workflow of a traditional you know office visit
1: uh, is going to be something that is going to be much more likely to be adopted. Yeah, and, and I'm guessing that for it to be adopted, it's got to hit both the patient side and the reimbursement side. So, uh, I mean, I've read plenty about you know primary care medicine um, struggling with reimbursement and 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 really needing to um, build stronger economic structures for for these uh, practices in order to provide great preventative care. So. How does prevent scripts not only help you treat people more preventatively and better, but also help your practice um, stay profitable? Yeah, I think it's a two
0: two pronged approach. One, the 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 preventative um, questionnaires are uh, have a small reimbursement associated with them, but there's also the secondary piece of okay, so now you've identified these people, and then how do we? then move in a direction to help them make that meaningful change there after. And there has been some change recently and a lot of the insurance companies uh, will allow us to do some of these preventative visits. Um, they're a little bit lower reimbursement than a traditional you know uh, m code, but there are you can do multiple visits over the course of four to six months, and you're truly really trying to help the patient and guide the patient, into improving their overall risk stratification and lower their overall risk of heart disease and diabetes.
1: Uh, got it. Now, not every doctor or clinic is willing to take a chance on a new technology. I, I, I'm sure that this comes with uh, time uh, that it takes to get onboarded and to understand something new. And even if something is is broken, if you if you know it, sometimes you'll you'll stick with that uh, for the long term. So what was it about this or you and your clinics that made you willing to kind of take a chance on a new technology?
0: Well, uh, from our standpoint in, in our, our situation in particular, it wasn't going to be a huge change to our traditional workflow because we, we already use a patient-driven and check-in system that um, utilizes preventative questionnaires such as the PHQ-9 and some of the other screens for uh, well, child visits and such. So, adding this in was not going to be a, a, a major change. the The big change is on the back end and, and how we deal with this data. Because, you know, most primary cares are are like large ships. It's very hard to make a significant change, and and it's 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 difficult to fully incorporate the the mindset to become more proactive instead of being com- be reactive. It's yeah. I mean, it's easy. We've been Treating diabetes and hypertension for you know hundreds of years, and we're all very you know good at it and skilled at it. What we're not very good at is is this very thing. How do we keep our patients from becoming ill? And I think that is the that's the thing that that uh, drove me to kind of looking at this in more detail. It seems to be in line with the way that I would like to practice, which is being more proactive instead of reactive. Um, it's giving us the
1: opportunity to become uh,
0: more proactive.
1: Yeah. Now I'm guessing since Prevent Scripts is a startup, I'm guessing this has been an iterative journey where oh. there's feedback. <laughs> there's feedback being given, and yes. how how has that been? Like the idea that you you're not dealing with um, a sort of perfectly finished product; you're actually part of the process of perfecting it.
0: Well, I think it's uh, it's a bit of a challenge, but it's also a, a, a wonderful opportunity because you get the opportunity to engage with the people who are creating a product to make sure that this product is actually applicable to the day-to-day practice of medicine, because one of the biggest things, there's a lot of wonderful ideas and there's a lot of great technology out there. Um, the hardest part is how do you integrate that into a traditional workflow and get that information into and in front of a provider at the time they need it to, to to impact the decision. And we see that with a lot of the wearables and some of these other things is that they get great data, Yeah. but I don't get to see it. Yeah. The patient sees it and, you know, unless they bring their iPhone in or their Android and show me, physically show me here's my steps per day and this kind of stuff, we don't have the ability to, to, to integrate that. This gave us an opportunity to integrate that directly into our EMR goes right into the patient's chart. There's a small reimbursement, which is always helpful, so you're not doing something for free. But I think that the ability to get the data real time and use it at the time you're seeing the patient is the most
1: helpful data you'll ever get. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, I think it says a lot about you and about your, your business that you are interested in being a part of that. That innovative process um, and wanting to shape it for other people. Say, so, hey, let's make sure that primary care providers and and people with boots on the ground are a part of the uh, innovation process. Uh, you know, I, kind of a bigger theme that I wanted to get at with this interview is that we work with more than four hundred startups uh, in healthcare, mm-hmm. and many of them struggle with exactly what you, you just described: integrating their early stage idea with uh, a provider network. Oftentimes they go after big hospital systems and it's too much. Yeah. Uh, I often direct them towards um, uh, more independent clinics uh, where they might find somebody with with your mindset uh, so that they can work um, shoulder to shoulder with providers, you know, taking care of patients every single day. Mm-hmm. So, I wonder, so I wonder if you have any advice for a founder or a provider in that setting to like um, make that process move more smoothly? Um I think the
0: most important piece from from the provider side of it is that the it, it always goes down to the workflow. How is this going to inter interact and integrate into a provider's daily workflow? And if the farther outside of that traditional workflow pattern, the the more difficult it is going to be to integrate. And you mentioned some of the the challenges of of implementing uh the you know kind of being essentially a beta tester for for you know for all intents and purposes is is how do you get that data in real time how do you get it into the chart how does it how do you impact workflow um and to, with the least amount of disruption as possible and I think the ideas are 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 excellent it's just a, how do we implement them and trying to find somebody who's willing or able, sometimes that's even more important, um, to integrate or try something new. I mean, it's it's going to be a bit of a challenge. I mean, it would be nice if there was you know, some sort of uh, kind of system where you could hook up people who might be interested in that is um, because a lot of primary care providers are not happy with the status quo. We don't like the fact that we have to wait till somebody's sick in order to really impart our clinical judgment. So, we would love to find ways to integrate prevention and risk reduction and all of these things into our daily practice because that ultimately, especially in family medicine, we take care of the whole family. We take care of mom, dad, grandma, children, and we want, you know, when we when we impact our advice, it trickles down throughout the entire family. And so if we have a, a, a system of apps or you know integrations that will allow us to give that information in a more timely manner, that's going to be something that will be much more meaningful. Um, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of data you can get. And, and that's one of the biggest challenges is we often get inundated with data. And how do you interpret that data and use it? in our day-to-day workflow is is key. That's got to be part of the equation in order for something to become successful.
1: Yeah, that sounds like that's the secret sauce, how you actually integrate it. It almost sounds like someone needs to come and sit with you and, and observe their clinic for a period of time to understand, okay, what are the real bottlenecks? Not the ones I thought were challenges right. when I was building my business, but what's really happening with you. And I'm guessing those are some of the things that prevent scripts um, that, that Brandy and her team are learning, um, w- yeah, H- how do the, how do the real challenges differ from maybe what I imagined that they were?
0: Oh, absolutely. Cause you know, anytime you start doing it in the real world, you're, you're always going to little things like how quickly it gets integrated in the chart. Is it actually real time when you thought it was going to be real time, but it actually isn't. It's delayed by 30, 40 minutes and so the patient's actually already left the, left the building. So you know, there's all these little little challenges that we've overcome, and um, they've worked diligently with our EMR provider to to integrate their um, systems directly into the patient's chart. So they've they've had a really nice uh, cooperative uh, um, kind of mindset to help us limit the disruption to our
1: workflow. Got it. So that's been that's been a very pleasant experience. Uh, in general, do you feel like there's Anything particular that people get wrong about the, the primary care workflow? If you if you think about people trying to create innovations and solutions for you, um, is there like a primary misconception about the work that you do?
0: Oh, that's a good question. I think the answer is is yes, there are. I think um, I think it's, it's it it involves the aggregation of the data and the, and how that data gets to us. I think. What we need is that data compiled in some sort of easy and quickly read, I guess, I don't know, You know, infographic, some sort of, of way for us to, to interpret all this data. Because that's a lot of these things collect a lot of really good data. Problem is, it takes you 20 to 30 minutes to parse through all the data and find out, okay, what is the trend line? What is the are all the outliers, um, you know, and, and those kind of things. And I think in order for it to work in a primary care environment, it's just gotta be something that can be displayed quickly, display the information quickly and, and, and kind of impart that information to the provider in a way that they can then act on it without having to do a bunch of, uh, uh, legwork and research.
1: I love it. I love it. I want to make sure to share that with our community of entrepreneurs. And see if anyone comes back with you with a pitch. So, Dr. Wilson, sure. that's the, that's the time we have. I don't want to keep you from your patients any longer. Thank you sure. for share, share with me about your partnership with Prevent Scripts, uh, and I, I appreciate you, you know, going on that iterative journey with them and being part of uh, creating a solution that will be helpful not just to you and your patients at Covenant Care, but really to uh, so many more uh, as it gets built out and scaled.
0: Well, thank you for having me, and I appreciate the opportunity to kind of give a perspective on the primary care side of things um, and uh, look forward to uh, where medicine is moving in the future. Awesome. Thanks, Dr. Wilson. No problem. Thank you. Have a wonderful day. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Startup Health Now. We'll be back again with another episode next week.